Hi guys, I'm Dr. Tori, and this is the Half Crunched Mama Doc Podcast, where I help busy parents reclaim their confidence and zest for life by sharing honest moments of motherhood through the lens of a pediatrician. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Half Crunch Mama Doc. I have got a very, very fun and special guest for you today. Haley is a health and fitness professional who works in a university student wellness center. She hosts the Give Them the Bird podcast, where she challenges what it means to be healthy and fit, and she gives the bird to the diet industry and societal expectations of body size. Thanks for coming. Yay. Hey, Tori. Welcome to me. (laughs) I'm so excited you're here. Obviously, you've been doing this podcast thing a little bit longer than I have, aka maybe like six episodes. Um, like... Yeah, I'm on like yeah, eight or something. I I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So um you guys go check out her podcast because she's been doing this and an old pro. Um, but let's just start with giving us a little bit more background about yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So I graduated from the University of Iowa um in 2015 with my undergrad. I'm a I'm a youngin. Um and I <laughs> studied health. Yes, I'm a baby. Um, I studied health and human physiology. My um, focus was in health promotion. And then I have a minor in psychology. Um, immediately after graduating, I started working in a student wellness center, but I was working with like alcohol and drugs. <laughs> um, yeah, super interesting. But after a year there, I just realized like, yeah, fitness is really where it's at for me. Like I don't want to work in alcohol and drugs for the rest of my life. Um, (laughs) Not so fun. Yeah. Yeah. It totally does. Yeah. Um, so during that year that I was working there, I racked up a handful of certificates. So I'm a certified personal trainer, um, through ACE fitness. I'm a well coaches, health and wellness coach. Um, I'm a certified health and health education specialist. And then, um, I'm currently working on a yoga teacher certificate and a mindfulness teacher certificate. Oh, yes. awesome. Yeah. So I started working on those in that first year, like after graduating. Um, but once I left the student wellness center, I started working in um, corporate wellness setting. So I was doing an employee wellness program as a health coach. And so I enjoyed it. However, I was working with, um, more of an older population, I'd say like middle-aged to older population. And we had really short sessions and I was seeing up to like 12 to 16 people a day. And I'm like a very um, conversational person. So I would say hi to them. Next thing you know, 10 minutes would pass. And I realized like, wow, so how are your goals? Um, So I didn't really jive well with that setting. So then that kind of brought me back to where I'm at currently. So um, like you mentioned, I'm a fitness specialist for a student wellness center. And I get to work one-on-one with students every day and really spread these messages of like body acceptance um, and size acceptance and moving your body because it feels good and finding food that's nourishing, but not restrictive. Um, And that's really what like brought me to starting a podcast. I would share some stuff on my personal Instagram page. Then I was like, I want to talk more about this. So what do you do? You start a podcast. That makes sense, right? Yeah. (laughs) So I started a podcast and that's, um, like you said, that's kind of my goal is to challenge the societal expectations for body size and what are, what we think of when we think of a human that is healthy and fit. That's awesome. Yes. Um, Can we just talk about the name for a minute? So (laughs) obviously the give them the bird is, is to the diet industry, which I love, but there's also another little meaning behind it. Right. 
Yeah. So my, um, growing up, my dad called me Haley bird and yeah. So then my sisters just started calling, they took off Haley. Like why, why even use my name? And they, um, call me bird. And so it was actually my, my boyfriend, Tyler, he came up with the idea of like, give him the bird. Cause you're kind of like, screw you diet industry, but your <laughs> name is also bird. Um, and yeah, so my family calls me bird. My niece and nephew call me aunt birdie. Like they don't know who Haley is. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's so awesome. I love yes. that name so much. It's so catchy and just love your message so far. So Thank you. Can't wait to listen to more. Yes. (laughs) So I brought you here really to, to talk about this concept of intuitive eating. So Mm -hmm. I feel like it's kind of a buzzword. Um, I don't know, over the last couple of years that I've heard it and I'm not in like the diet wellness space per se, more of like the medical space, but I feel like it's come up a lot. Um, and, and I feel like there's not great definitions for it. So I'd love for you to just tell us what it is. What is intuitive eating? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, that's another certificate that I'm working on is my intuitive eating certificate. So I know, um, there's so there's things that are fun to work on though. So it's like, I'm learning as it sounds like I'm doing a lot. I'm not, it's just fun (laughs) stuff. Um, (laughs) but I always like to tell people like, just so you know, I'm not a certified intuitive eating counselor. So, um, just that people know that, but yeah, intuitive eating, there's really not one set definition for it. Um, essentially what it is, it's a self-care framework for eating that really um, encourages attunement or listening to your internal cues to guide you into deciding what to eat, when to eat, how much to eat, all those things, um, instead of focusing on external factors, which is really where like diet messages come into play, which tell us like, how many calories and what are good and bad foods. So rather than focusing on all the external things, it really encourages us to like think about our physical feelings, our emotional feelings, um, our thoughts and all of that to help us um, kind of regain like our, our body trust and our trust with food um, versus relying on outside external factors. Yeah, totally agree. Do you think that, that you're born with this knowledge and they somehow are like conditioned out of it? Or do you feel like it's a learned skill or maybe it's both? Totally born with it. Um, in fact, the, um, so into, it was started by two registered dietitians who they were doing what a lot of registered dietitians do and like writing meal plans for weight loss. And um, basically they were, they were successful in their, in their weight loss diet plans. But then once their clients or patients got off the weight loss diet plans, they would regain the weight. And with the weight regain came a bunch of this like emotional turmoil and all that. So that's when they were like, okay, there's gotta be a better way to help people create like sustainable, healthy changes um, without, without all of this other diety baloney. But Um, Yeah. So I, one thing that they say is that we are all born intuitive eaters. Like if you think about it um, and I actually just watched one of the webinars for my certificate the other day was all about this. And just the idea that like, when we are born, we don't, we don't rely on anything else to tell us when and what to eat. Like it's when we feel those hunger cues, we whine, right? Like we tell our parents that we want food and even up till I don't know exactly like what the age is. I think they say like maybe one and a half, like we are really focusing on our internal cues. Like we're not bombarded um, or impacted as much with outside knowledge. Um, 
but that we can be if, you know, for example, I'm crying because I'm hungry, um, but I'm not, my need isn't met, then there's like this lack of trust that starts to form. Um, not only lack of trust in potential caregiver, but also lack of trust in my own hunger signals. Like it makes me think like, oh, I can't actually be hungry if I'm not being fed when I'm asking for it. So yeah, it's really intriguing. This webinar really threw me for a loop. I was like, how does a, how does like an eight month old know that it already, yeah. you know? Yes. Um, so yeah, I think that we are all born intuitive eaters, but along the way, um, from so many messages, we are, yeah, we, we lose that. We lose that along the way. I 100% agree. And as a pediatrician, I've spent a lot of time saying to parents, like if they don't want to eat any more ounces of milk, then they're full. <laughs> so you don't have to push okay. that. And they'll know when they're hungry or like, they'll say, how many ounces am I supposed to be feeding, you know, my four month old? How many do they eat? How many do they want? Are they still hungry? Like, you know, so I think connecting that for me personally was like, well, I know that babies know how much to eat and they know when they're full and when to stop and they know when they're hungry again. To me, that was very freeing to be like, it was there. And I can get that back as a, mm. as a human, as a mom, yes. and as a, as a woman, like I can get that back. That knowledge is within me. I just yes. have to work to uncover all the, all the crap. Yes. All the crap. Yeah. yeah. I think I totally agree that it's, it, it makes me feel a little bit more comfortable. Like I'm not too far gone, yes. <laughs> you know? Yes. Um, and I also like, I also keep in mind, like for, obviously I'm not a parent when it comes to like feeding children or any of that, like but I'm, I'm an, I'm an aunt to, to little toddler, adorable little children. Um, and I think I've learned a lot about it. Like from my sister, I think like, oh, I would do this, but it's also like, I think moms or parents have to choose convenience sometimes too. Oh, yeah. It's like 1000%. You are going to have to shove that in your mouth right now. Otherwise you're not going to eat get to eat until, you know, noon or whatever. So um, yeah, I think it's like a balancing act, but I totally think in terms of as an adult, like you said, knowing that, we are all born with this innate ability to listen to our internal cues, to trust our internal cues. And it might just take a lot of time <laughs> to uncover yeah. the ick, but practice. it's possible. Yes. Yeah, so much practice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So now that we've covered what it, what intuitive eating is, what is it not? Yeah. Yeah. So I think, um, in today's Instagram world, which is a beautiful thing. I it love is. the way social media allows us to spread messages, but I think that, um, some ideas about intuitive eating have kind of gotten shaken up a little bit. Um, there's a principle. So intuitive eating is based on these 10 principles. Um, and yeah, they, it starts with, um, reject the diet mentality with which is the number one, which I think is everybody has to reject the diet mentality before moving on to any of the other ones. But um, one of them is make peace with food, which is, I think it's number three, <laughs> principle number three is make peace with food. And basically the whole idea behind it is let yourself eat whatever you want, like allow yourself to eat it. And I think that a lot of people construe that one concept intuitive eating and intuitive eating to be the entire thing. So I think a lot of, um, very folks, health and fitness professionals, or even non-health and fitness professionals who really follow like quote unquote clean eating and like more strict ideas of what health and fitness means to them, make peace with food or allow yourself to eat whatever you want. It just like covers the entire concept of intuitive eating. And so 
from them, I think I've heard from a lot of folks, it feels like it's just an excuse to like literally eat whatever you want. Um, but intuitive eating it's anti-diet, but it's not anti-health. Um, but the whole idea is that we don't bring in the concept of nutrition or gentle nutrition until principle number 10. So that is like the last thing you do, because if you think about it, if I'm still trying to keep nutrition in the forefront of my mind, when I'm trying to ditch a diet, I'm screwed. There's no way I'm going to be able to learn what I actually like, how much I actually need to eat, you know, all those things. If I'm still focusing on like portion sizes or fruits and vegetables, like healthy and clean and all this stuff. So I think that's one huge misconception is that it's just an excuse to eat literally whatever you want. um, And it negates health. And that's totally not it at all. Yeah. That's huge. I love the way that you said that. And I think you know, working through all of those steps will be really big and deciding how it makes your body feel is part of the experience. So if you haven't eaten all the things, you will not know how all the things makes your body feel. Mm-hmm. And I think there's certain things like your definition of healthy changes, like, is this healthy for my body or is this healthy for my mind? Yeah. So I spoke in my trailer a little bit about my family. Every Sunday we have like a pizza night on Sunday mm-hmm. nights and we um, sit down in front of the TV and we eat pizza. Do I know that that is not going to build muscle? That is not going to give me energy. (laughs) I likely will feel tired afterward. Yes, I know that. But I also know it gives like my heart joy. Yes, We are so connected. And so Sundays tended to be like a Sunday blue time for me. Like we had this wonderful weekend and I have to go back to work and you know, all of those things. And so we've really shifted that into this beautiful like family moment. Mm. And so the pizza for me is so good for my brain and my heart. Yes. That makes it healthy for me. Yeah. And I think too, that like one thing that diet culture does is it strips the joy out of food. Like one thing I say on the podcast is that like food is this beautiful thing that like nourishes us and gives us life, but it also brings us together. Like Thanksgiving is coming up for folks that practice or celebrate Thanksgiving. Like food is a big part of it. And it like brings everybody to the table. Maybe not this year. (laughs) Um, You know, it brings everybody virtually. virtually (laughs) Um, And there's so many in, in so many different cultures and so many different celebrations, like food is this thing that nourishes us and that brings us together. But diet culture strips all of that from us, like all these messages that like food is either good or bad or avoid these or only eat so much of this. Like it just, it takes all that away from us. So I love that. Like part of, part of intuitive eating is also like recognizing that food brings emotions. Like there is emotions connected to food. It is, it is emotionally fueled and that's okay. Um, it's okay if we experience negative emotions because of food or positive emotions because of food. Um, and I think that like recognizing, like, like you've done with your family, like recognizing the joy that this brings to me, like, this isn't about getting the body I want. This pizza isn't this pizza is about like family time and enjoying one another. Yeah. I love that so much. Mm -hmm. So let's say that people are stuck in the diet mentality now and they're hearing you talking about intuitive eating. They're like, boy, that sounds so lovely, but I'm a very far, far way away from that, which was me, by the way, if you listen to Haley's podcast where I was a guest on, you can hear all about my journey, Um, but I was stuck there too. So when you talk to people who are foreign to this concept, like where do you tell them to start? Where are the little Mm -hmm. like baby steps that we can start taking? Yeah. So when it comes to intuitive eating, again, I mentioned like ditching the diet mentality um, 
or like the concept of dieting, I think that we, we have to understand that diets don't work first. Like there is so much research and, um, I actually teach, uh, or facilitate like a four week workshop at, um, in my job. And we spent almost the entire first 75 minutes talking about how diets don't work. Um, and I mean, the research shows that 95 to 99% of all diets fail emphasis on the diet fails, not the dieter. (laughs) I'm anti-diet, not anti-dieter. Um, and, and not only does, does the diet fail? So we can't, you know, quote unquote, keep the weight off, but within like four years, or even for some less than that, we regain all the weight that we've potentially lost and then some. And so this cycle, we call it the cycle of dieting. Um, it's harmful to our body. It's harmful to our organs. It's harmful to our metabolism. Um, and that's just the physical harm that it causes. Like Mm. we know that one of the leading risks for like some chronic diseases is dieting. Like just the cycle of it goes and go, I mean, you're, you're the doctor here. Um, (laughs) but not only that, like that's the physical damage. There's so much emotional and mental damage. So I think like the first thing to do is really to challenge yourself. Um, and you're thinking that, that dieting is the only way, like you first have to understand that diets do not work. Um, I also think for me, one of the biggest things that I did before I could even help myself to understand that diets don't work. So this is a personal thing. I totally revamped my social media. Um, I realized Such that a good idea. Yes, I realized that a lot of the messages that I was receiving that were um, like influencing my diety thoughts or diet mentality was related to my scrolling on social media. So I was following Um, and not that fitness influencers are not a bad thing, but I was following the ones that were triggering for me. So they were saying things like, you know, all the fat blasting workouts or, um, how to, you know, get, get the butt of your dreams or whatever it is, or spreading messages about, you know, make these healthy swaps from eating a peanut butter sandwich to a rice cake, like things that were really focused on calories and stuff. So I went through and I unfollowed, I don't even know how many, but I just totally cleaned up my social media and I replaced those pages with, um, more like body acceptance or um, body positive pages, actual, like anti-diet registered dietitians, like people that actually have the credentials to talk about, um, meal plans and whatnot, intuitive eating counselors. Um, but also just like pages that weren't even related to like weight or health or fitness, like, you know, animals doing funny things or yes, travel pages. So I think those were some of the big things for me with, um, the social media was definitely like a personal thing. It's not something that's taught, um, in intuitive eating. The big one that is taught is ditching this diet mentality and just understanding that diets don't work, that they are harmful to you and your body. Um, that can take a lot of time though. Um, and once, once you wake up to that idea, once you realize it, it's a lot of reflection and, um, just starting to become aware of how these diet messages like show up in your own life, because before we can change anything, before we can undo anything, we have to understand where it's done. (laughs) Like, where does it come up for me? Um, and that takes a heck ton of time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. One thing that came up while you were talking for me is I'm wondering with your experience with kind of teaching these changes, I know when I first started learning about it, I was like, that's all great and good. But, um, my only way of knowing that I'm not going to end up very, very large bodied, which I do not want to be for my health and 
you know, feeling good about myself and my confidence, I didn't trust myself to be there without, without counting my calories. Mm -hmm. And I guess for me making the switch over to intuitive eating, I'm, I mean, I'm about within 10 pounds of what I was when I was counting 1200 calories a day, which is remarkable to me. Cause I'm like, I, I eat way more than that. And if I was just (laughs) counting calories and counting like however many calories equal a pound, I would have thought that eating the way that I eat now, I would be gaining five pounds a week or something. Yep. <laughs> and I'm not. Yeah. And so I think that goes to further prove that like a calorie is not a calorie is not a calorie mm-hmm. and your body burns when it's fed. So mm-hmm. I, I have no doubts that my body was in this starvation mode and hanging into every little morsel calorie that it could get when I was oh, starving yeah. it. Mm-hmm. And so I guess in your experience, what kind of body changes do people typically experience when they switch to intuitive eating? Is it, is it a massive change? Do most people stay about the same? What to expect? Yeah. So it really varies. Um, I think it can vary. I typically say one of two things could happen. Well, really one of three things. If you're somebody that's been restricting and you start the process of intuitive eating, you're, you're probably going to gain, you might gain some weight. Um, And that's also because we really don't prioritize fitness right off the bat when we're working with intuitive eating. So Mm -hmm. it's not like you're balancing your, you know, you're eating more, you're, um, but you're also moving more. So if you've, if you've been somebody that's been restricting, um, you could see some weight gain. Um, if you are somebody that has been, um, like binging or just overeating potentially, um, to the point of like discomfort, right. So it's not, it's not bad to overeat sometimes it's totally okay. Yes you might see, yeah, some, some weight loss, or you might just like maintain where you're at. Um, I think the big thing that we say is like, obviously, and and you know, this like weight has no meaning in an in intuitive eating. Like one of the big things is right off the bat, um, you have to ditch your diet tools. Like you, you have to ditch the scale. You have to get rid of, um, the calorie counting and all of that. And I know that is like, one of the scariest freaking things to do. Yes. It is so scary. Um, but yeah, so people can see weight changes, but when you're learning about the process of intuitive eating, like you are getting back to your, your normal weight, like the weight that the, the size and shape and weight that your body is supposed to be at. Like I personally and professionally feel like we all kind of have this set point weight for some of us that might be, um, in a smaller body for some of us, it might be in a larger body. But if we are nourishing our body and listening to it and giving it what it needs and moving it regularly, right? Because that's like part of nourishment. um, We find our way back to like that, that natural body size that like our body is at homeostasis and it is so content there. I love, 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 love that. And totally agree. One One of the biggest things I found when I switched to a more intuitive eating is reflecting back. I was like, boy, I was either really hungry or uncomfortably full. There was like no middle ground. Either I was eating far too few calories and perpetually hungry, or I had decided like, forget it. I'm so hungry or I've had a bad day or like some Mm -hmm. sort of excuse to eat whatever I wanted. And then because I thought I wouldn't get that again, I ate a lot of it. Mm -hmm. And then I'd be like, oh, my stomach's full. I'm bloated. I feel awful. So that is exactly what we see. Yeah. And that's exactly what happens with restriction because we restrict for so long. And again, I'm talking in terms of like just restriction, not stepping over into like a disordered, disorder eating yes. or anything, you know, uh, um, diagnosed eating disorder. But when we restrict our food, by the time we get food in front of us, it's been so long. We are so freaking hungry. Like 
we can't pump the brakes. We got to consume it all. And it's like, we eat all that food before our body can register the fact that there's food in our body. So yeah. next thing we know, we are like a nine out of 10 on the fullness scale. And or 11 out of 10. It's where yes. It is. yes. We are uncomfortably full. Like we might be nauseous. Um, and again, like just like we don't want to underfeed ourselves, we don't want to overfeed ourselves to the point of discomfort. Like that's, we don't want to be uncomfortable. I mean, it happens obviously. Um, but that's like such, such a common thing. If you go super long without eating or just eat so little, by the time you get food in front of you, you are just going to gorge on it and you're going to lead to feeling, feeling uncomfortable. And then those feelings of guilt step into play. And again, the dieting cycle continues. It is over and over and over again. Yes. Yeah. So that's when I I totally agree with the homeostasis because it all runs together, right? When you're starving and you're moving your body, your workouts suck. Like Mm -hmm. you can't, you're not feeling strong. You're not feeling like you continue to go. And so I think just finding that really nice middle ground. And for me, it was just knowing like, this is a, this is a perpetual thing. Like, right. There will always be external factors like pregnancy, breastfeeding, stress, move, anything that's affecting it could make my body fluctuate and my workouts fluctuate and my intake fluctuate. And that's all normal. Yeah. We are supposed to fluctuate. Our bodies are meant to fluctuate depending on the season of life that we're in. Mm -hmm. We're not meant to do exactly what we did yesterday or do tomorrow exactly what we did today. Like we, we choose movement, we choose food. It's based off so many different things. Like, and it's, it's asking our body to be, to be and do too much to stay the same. (laughs) It's just a lot of pressure on ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. So what are some of the common, like, pitfalls that you see with intuitive eating or like, um, stumbling blocks for people when they start this? Yeah. I think one of the things I would say, cause again, it's like the process is so individual, especially if you're somebody that works with like an intuitive eating counselor or, um, like an intuitive eating registered dietitian, you might not start, like, obviously we want you all to ditch the diet mentality, but you might start on like principle five, you know, whereas for somebody else might start back a little bit. So it totally depends on like where you start, what you might notice. But I think one of the big things is like, this takes time. Um, I am over two years into my intuitive eating journey, like personally, and I'm still not an intuitive eater. Like, I don't know if I'll ever be there. Like it's a lifelong process. And I think for so many people, Um, especially if we have the wrong idea of intuitive eating, we think it's going to be just like any other eating plan, right? Where it's like, Oh, I get the hang of it. Um, but it's, it's integrating everything, your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions, um, your physical feelings, like your, your environment, so many different things. And it takes a lot of time to sync those up and to like, get them all talking to each other. Um, and for you to understand why you have the views around eating that you do. Like the, the reflection takes a lot of time. Um, the work takes a lot of time. So I think one of the, the pit, one of the common pitfalls is, um, just thinking that it's going to be, you know, like another quote unquote quick fix. Um, and it's not, it takes a lot of time. So I really encourage people like you're going to backslide. You're totally yeah. going to backslide. I backslide. Like, I feel like every other day sometimes <laughs> just with life in general. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that that's not a sign that like you should stop or this isn't for you. Like intuitive eating, I think is for everyone. Um, but just know like when you get started, it's going to take a long time. It's not, you don't have a goal. There's, it's not like a weight loss goal, right? Where it's like, I see that number and I, you know, I won. Um, there's really, 
I mean, yeah, the goal is to become an intuitive eater, but there are so many things that you're working on along the way that, um, I think it can be hard to stick to for that reason. So yeah, that's what I would say is like the biggest um, pitfall that people might experience, at least in, in my personal experience. And when, when working with others has just been, um, recognizing it's, it's long, it's a long process. Yeah. So when you talk about all these steps, like the um, principles or whatever it is, is there a book that you're referring to? Or like, if people really want to know these steps, how do they find those out? Yeah. So um, there is a book um, that's written by um, Elise Resch and Evelyn Tribbley, which are the two um, co-founders of Intuitive Eating. They actually just came out with a new, I was about to like hold it up on screen. (laughs) (laughs) I would love to see it. Yeah. (laughs) Where is it? They just came out with a new, yeah, with a new edition. Um, I think it was this year. It was released in June. Um, so you can purchase that. I think it might be on Amazon. It's just, um, I think it's called intuitive eating. I'm not sure where my book is, but I'm That's pretty sure it's intuitive eating. Yeah. You can, link if I can it. figure out the show notes, yes. I'll put it in the show notes. You can link it. <laughs> you can also just go to the intuitive eating website. Um, so intuitiveeating.org, I believe it is. And you can start reading up on it there. Um, yeah, I'd say the big thing though, is reading the book to truly understand it. Um, if you're trying to find out more about it, like through social media, um, just make sure that you're following somebody who in their bio, it says they are like, and I, I think it's an intuitive eating IEC intuitive eating counselor, um, or just that they're legitimate. <laughs> Don't just like search the hashtag intuitive eating. Cause you'll be, you'll be fooled. <laughs> People will be jumping on that bandwagon. right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and your Instagram page, you put, you post like nice little nuggets and, and other yeah. people's pages too. Yeah. Yeah. I like to share, um, some of the pages that like have been really beneficial in like my own personal journey and like, coming out of diet culture and learning more about intuitive eating. Um, so I try to share those on my page. Um, and I think I'll, I share like general ideas about intuitive eating, but again, I'm not yet like a certified intuitive eating counselor. That's what it is. C I E C. Those are, that's the abbreviation for and it. So you're, so. On, you're on your way. You're doing yes. the work. Okay. How yeah. long does it take? Um, well, the process is, I think I'm hoping to be done by the summer. Um, it's really not as intensive as I was expecting only because I, I know so much about it already. Yeah. Like, I think if it was new for somebody, it would be like, Whoa, this is really weird. Foreign. <laughs> yeah. Very foreign. Um, but yeah, you, you know, you watch some webinars, read the book, um, yeah. Quizzes, things like that. Um, and then, you do, I'll actually like meet with one of the, um, founders of it and talk about like case studies and stuff like that. So, so I know are you going to just fan girl out. Yeah. And then I'm going to be like, will you come on my podcast, please? <laughs> <laughs> also side note. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. one of my dreams is to have, um, yeah. One of them on my podcast. <laughs> well, um, as we kind of wrap up here, I would like, if you could just give one message to people that are struggling with their body image, what would it be? Yeah. Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I think it would be to remind yourself that you literally have an entire life to live that does not, it's not dependent upon your body size. Like you, your body size is not your limiting factor. And there are so many examples of this, of, I focus primarily on women, but women who live in larger bodies that have climbed Mount Everest that do ultra marathons, like who you look at their blood draw and they have the most beautiful blood work ever. So I think just reminding yourself that 
your body is not your limiting factor. Um, I love the idea behind like body positivity and that, but for, I remember for me, when I first started, like asking me to be positive about my body was like a headache and a half. I was like, there's absolutely no way I can't do that. So I like to focus on body respect, like respect your body and the things that it allows you do to do. Um, and I think for me that really translated into, okay, I'm going to exercise to honor my body rather than to punish my body. I'm going to, the, the food took a lot longer for me. Yeah. Um, but I think focusing on like respecting your body and recognizing that your body is not your limiting factor when it comes to its shape and size. Um, and I think again, like what we mentioned, like just remember all the things that you can do when you break th- through diet culture. Like it keeps us from so much diet culture does, um, from pizza nights with our family, from, um, happy hour with our best friends, virtual happy hour, um, (laughs) from going to events and going to all these things. So yeah, there's, there's so many things, but I think that's a big one is just, um, you have an entire life to live that does not care how big or small you are. Like your, your body is not your limiting factor. So good. So, so good. I just want everybody to like, Take that in and feel it and tell your body, thank you. I love you for whatever you can do. Yes. And I think um, I'll have to have you back on because we didn't get to talk about movement and I would love for you to come back on and talk a little bit more about movement and how we can incorporate that, but we can do that in a different episode. So thank you for coming. Thanks so much for having me, Tori. Um, I'm so excited for your podcast to be launched and to listen and share every episode. It's going to be, you're going to do amazing things. You're already doing amazing things as a, as a doctor and as a mama and as a woman. And this is just another thing to add to the list. Thank you. Well, you guys can find Haley at Give Him the Bird Podcast. And on Instagram, it's is it Give Him the Bird Podcast? Yes, one okay. word. All one word together. And mm-hmm. you can find her there. She has the most hilarious stories <laughs> ever. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> go join her because she is just a ray of sunshine and always giving out just the the best little nuggets of information to make you smile and make you feel good about your body and your life. So um, thank you guys for tuning in and we'll see you next time.